Welcome back to the weekly podcast by fans for fans. The Horn Brothers are all here. It's time to sound the horn. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, to the Sound of the Horn podcast. The brothers are all here. Ben, Danny, Riley, we're excited to have you all with us again. How are you guys doing today? It's been a fun week in NFL. Got some, obviously, the end of the baseball season's wrapping up. Thank goodness. That way I don't have to watch the Red Sox anymore. You know, personally, you know, outside of my fantasy football team, being two and one and losing by 0.26 points and my only loss. My real life teams are terrible because Boise State is awful and Red Sox are awful. So that's all I can hitch my wagon to at the moment. Hey, we already said we weren't bringing up fantasy football. Oh, I, you know, I had to bring it up because all y'all are 0 and 3. Yeah, we don't talk. <laughs> fantasy football is Bruno. We don't talk about fantasy football. We don't talk about <laughs> fantasy football here. Let's, oh, what is this? What's going on? Knock, knock. Who's there? Owen, 0 and 3, both of y'all. Hey, Dude, I'm just going to say. I'm like, I'm like o o o and three, all right. Like it's bad. Yeah, I will say that I'm like the reverse Tom Brady when it comes to fantasy football because I'm like super unlucky, right? So like everybody's scoring great each week that I play them. Riley's just bad, right? So like like we'll pile on to Riley here a little bit, but yeah, I'll, I'll take it. My fantasy team is trash. It's bad. <laughs> well, the big thing though that we need to celebrate. While we were out, Aaron or Albert Pujols goes out on Saturday against the Dodgers, hits two home runs. Andrew Heaney, you know, hero for St. Louis, apparently going up there, throwing some meatballs. And those, those were grooved. Come on, like T- I, love it. I love it, but those were grooved pitches. Like I, I wanted Pujols to get to 700. I was so excited. I'm so happy. But my goodness, what are we out there throwing batting practice? Like, I know the Dodgers are clinched, so they don't care. But, like, holy cow, those were grooved. But, that's yeah, right. but Teal Albert, he didn't do it in St. Louis. But if there was a better pl- uh, uh, place outside of St. Louis for him to do it, Dodger Stadium was the best. He's so beloved there for his year that he played there. And those weren't, like, wall scrapers, too. Like, those were moonshots. Like, he hit them way, way out. That was really fun to see. And then tonight... Aaron Judge finally hits his 61st home run, ties Roger Maris, a couple of major milestones. I thought last week on Wednesday when they were playing the Pirates in the ninth inning, Judge hits that ball. And I was like, I jump up screaming. I'm like, yo. But then they cash it at the wall. Like, camera guy, come on, give us a break. Quit making us think it's a homer. And just for it to be caught at the warning track. Um, Both of those amazing moments. We just want to, I think it's, it's awesome. It's fun to watch. And when you put it into the historical perspective, you know, Pujols is only the fourth person ever in major league baseball history to hit 700 home runs. And you're putting them up there with the names of bonds, Aaron, Ruth. That's just incredible what he's been able to do. Um, I, I don't think we're, we're giving enough publicity to what he has done and his amazing career. And that guy, like it's a shame that we have to wait five years for him to go to the Hall of Fame. He should just walk right in. And then Judge was 61, and he's a leading contender for the Triple Crown. Like could be one of the greatest single seasons in Major League Baseball history. 
my thought about this is though, unless you're a hardcore baseball fan, like we are, you probably haven't heard about any of this. Like, why aren't we talking about this? Why is this not getting more airtime? Like, Riley, why, why do you think, like, what do you think is happening that just, we're not making as big a deal out of this as we should. I think that the sport that people get excited about, because it doesn't matter if they understand it to watch it is ramping up right now, which is football. And so people just are, unless you're a baseball fan right now, is kind of that lull dead area because it's not like playoffs haven't started. It's not the middle of summer when people like watching baseball because it's the only thing around. Like we're in that lull. The people that love baseball, like we know what's going on because we love it. Um, we care about it. I think too many people these days don't don't care enough to sit down and watch baseball and follow it. And it's just not that kind of sport anymore. And so you know, it's easier to sit down and watch football because you could have no idea what the heck's going on and get excited because some guy just threw the ball 60 yards and another guy caught it. In baseball, it's hard harder to understand unless they're hitting as many home runs, right? But people don't have the patience to sit and watch like they do with other sports. So I think that that hurts. I think the, the ramping up of football season kind of cuts into that. I think that people, you know, there is something to be said about the the game of baseball isn't getting the the publicity isn't getting the excitement that maybe you and I think it should because we're just diehard fans of the game. So I'm going to take a little bit different take. I think that actually in some ways the the hype around what was going on with both judge and pools actually hurt the situation to where people didn't want to talk about it because you'd be watching a, a football game, a college football game, and they got to cut away to watch Aaron judge strike out or pools and it took days and days of them always cutting away to these guys not doing it and i think at some point that actually hurts it a little bit you know i mean it was not how long has it been since judge hit 60 you know it was a week ago plus you know i mean it just seems like we've been sitting there waiting 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 and yeah it happened finally but i think that that actually hurts the product of what happened because there was such this anticipation and your non diehard baseball fans don't realize how hard it is to actually do this. And especially when basically ESPN is making, wanting these guys to do it on command because we're going to cut in to watch this at bat and cut away from your football game or side by side. So we have to cut into this. Like people don't want that. And I think if anything, that almost hurts it in a lot of ways. Maybe it's because it was so magical in 98 when McGuire did it and in the big moment he was able to deliver. So maybe people were expecting that. Right. I also think like it goes, it's bigger than that though. I think part of it is it doesn't matter anymore. Like what happened at the end of the nineties with with bonds and with McGuire and Sosa that 60 home runs, there used to be like a mythical number. And then because of the steroid era, like we're trying to even figure out how do we, what do we call this? It's like, this is the, American League home run record. This is the the Yankee home run record. It's not the home run record, right? And I think that to a certain extent, it's been diminished, right? A-Rod almost got to 700. You know, Bonds hit 762. And when it happened, it was kind of like yawn, right? Like when he broke Hank Aaron's record, 
like the steroids, everything that happened, it soiled us to these numbers that baseball has this nostalgia to it. And it's made it to where players now, like the numbers just don't matter nearly as much as they used to. And so, so to build on that even a little bit is, is not only that, but like those numbers have been reached, whether we want it to be steroids and we can argue all the steroid era and everything else, those numbers have been reached. So how exciting is it to watch him hit 61? Like, okay, cool. He tied Maris. He's still 12 behind bonds. Like he's still nine behind McGuire. He's still five behind Sosa. Sure. Oh, American league. Cool. But it doesn't mean as much. We're not as excited as a country. People aren't going to get as excited because he's not actually breaking any record. He's just hitting a high number of home runs. It's cool. But I mean, even then those numbers have been hit, whether it was steroids or not. Sammy Sosa did it three times. Right. 66, 64, 63. I mean, yeah, I think it's, and, and that's part of the problem that I don't, baseball still hasn't reckoned with the steroid era. And I think like there's, it's, it's continuing to hurt the sport. I don't know wh- what you do. You can't go back and take the records away. Like the games were played. All of this happened. I don't like how they do that in track and field where they go back and are like, nope, that's not the world record. I think that's dumb. And And baseball can't go back and say, or like how college football, like Reggie Bush wasn't a Heisman and like we vacate wins, knock it off. Like that's stupid. So I'm, I'm glad baseball's not doing that, but there is, there is something here with like having just ignoring it has, has hurt the game to a certain extent. And it's not even that they ignored it. They're trying, it's almost like they're trying to hype up this judge thing. Like, you know, without saying it's a record, but saying it's a record, right. It's kind of like they're trying to almost hint and play at this side game of, well, if he hits 62, he's now the home run king. But we all know he's not the home run king, but they're trying to hype it up to say, well, those steroid ones didn't count. But so now we're going to hype it up and he's the non-steroid home run. Like, just just call it for what it is and move on. Like, people don't like that wishy-washy fence-sitting political bias, not bias, but political answer stuff. Like, take care of it. Either way, though, it's amazing. Like, we should celebrate this. And, and like you said, Judge is doing crown, it. if he gets triple crown plus this, like, it might be the greatest hitting season that has ever happened. Like, but, it's, it's pretty crazy. Plus, to me, pool host's thing is, like, that's amazing. You're one of four guys ever to hit 700 home runs. Like, that's a big deal. I mean, I'm more, I'm, I was more locked into that one than I was Aaron Judge. You know, like I, it was cool to see judge was doing, but I was like, everyone in baseball was cheering for pool hosts. Right. Like I saw a picture and I hate the giants, but I saw a picture, like they showed the giants all turned and watching it on their big screen. Like that's cool because everybody wanted him to get to that milestone because everybody loves pool hosts. Right. Like nobody doesn't like, there's like, you never hear about somebody who just hates fat Albert, right? He's just the guy. I mean, judge is pretty likable too. Um, But yeah. I, I agree. What's more impressive, 700 home runs or 61 home runs? 700. 700. The consistency for that many years? Like, it's incredible. That, that's not a question. 700. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun to see. And I'm just really – it's it's great that both of these happened. Adds a little juice to the end of the baseball season. Playoffs are coming up soon. Some of us get to cheer in the playoffs. Others – sorry, Ben. 
Got to got to take some is. shots. This is it great. Is, oh, yeah, I know you guys can take the shots because I'm still better at fantasy football. So, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, how about the Red Sox throw Judge a strike? You know, like let's just walk him every time he comes up. Hey, we don't want him to hit it on us. I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, the, I, I can respect. You the can't ride. let a Yankees <laughs> yeah. guy do it. Like Pujols plays for the Cardinals. That makes no difference to the Dodgers, and they've already yeah. clinched. But when you have nothing left for the season, you don't let the Yankee guy go up and groove a fastball for him. Like, <laughs> come on, you groove a fastball at his butt and hope you hit him. Like, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Like, come on, you got to respect well, the rivalry of it. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, next week, we'll get in a little bit more to the playoffs coming up for Major League Baseball. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But, um, yeah, congratulations, Pujols, Judge, amazing seasons. We're going to transition over to the NFL. And and it's been an interesting season so far in the NFL. And I think this is a little bit of what is missing from college football. But if you look at the NFL, 28 of the 32 teams have one or two wins after three weeks, right? Which is just crazy that you've got two teams that are unbeaten and two teams that are undefeated, but everybody else like, or either has one win or two wins on the season. The parody that you have there, everybody's still in it three weeks into the year. It's pretty incredible. A couple of surprises that we've seen so far this year. How about the former Bama quarterbacks? Hertz and Tua are balling out right now. And it's amazing to think that they and Mac Jones, who has not been balling out this year, like all were on in the same quarterback room at the same time in Alabama. But if you had to take a former Alabama quarterback, would you be picking Hertz or Tua right now? Why isn't Mac Jones an option? Oh. oh, you want to pick Mac Jones? Why, why would no, you pick gonna... that one? Hey, Mac Jones is all right. Leave me, leave him alone. He's hurt. That's what it is. He's leading the um, league in interceptions right now. So if you know, I had but... to pick one of the two, I would probably go with Tua. I think that Hertz has done some pretty good things there in Philadelphia. But if you look at the last six games, they've won six in a row. Basically, they ha- that there's like a winning percentage of the other teams of like three forty or something. They're not. They haven't beat anybody yet. Like I want to see them beat the Cowboys beat whether or not we believe the giants are real or not, but beat the giants, you know, I mean, win some division games, win not the commandeers, they, who they beat three times in the last of those six wins or three of them against Washington. Football just, just say commandeers, whatever they are, commanders or <laughs> commandeers or whatever it is. The former, the, the former Washington, the football Washington team. football team. Um, But that's not, I want to see them do something, but Tua is actually looking good. They go and beat the Bills. That offense is explosive. That might be the best offense in football right now is down there in Miami. And part of that has to do with Tua. And this, we talked about it earlier. This is his opportunity. This is his time, make or break. He better do it. But he looks like he's stepping up to the plate. I'm going to have to agree. I think that, like, you know what you're going to get from Hertz. I think Tua's gotten better like i think he, he's growing and he's got room to grow and i think if he keeps doing that like he has some abilities that are just hard to deal with and he's got the offense around him right now that i think just complements everything he does right i think what the dolphins did is they saw what patrick mahomes was doing and they're like we have tua who's more athletic and can do some of those things like let's go do the same thing right let's get an athletic team around him 
Let's put a put a system around him that's going to work, and I think it's working. And so I think that there's, I think that I would put more faith in Tua. The only issue I have is he's shown to be injury prone, right? And so you have to be careful because if Tua gets hurt, like you're in trouble, right? You've built that team around him, and so if he stays healthy, I think I'd rather have Tua. But that's a big if. I don't know. I'm taking Hurts. Like Tua's doing great so far this year, but Hurts showed us last year, and he's doing it this year. He's a much more dynamic quarterback. He can move. He can he can run. And what you're seeing in the NFL, who's dominating the league? It's these quarterbacks that can beat you with their arms and with their legs. I just think Hurts is a he's a bigger weapon. I agree, with Ben, a little bit that he they haven't played as stiff a competition, and the Dolphins. The Dolphins beating the Bills, that was his, that was just a weird game. That was just a weird game. So, uh, yeah, I just – I'm going Hurts at this point, but I don't think you'd go wrong with either of them. Both of them have looked really good so far this year. But speaking of some surprising teams, we're going to look go through and play just a real quick game of contender – or pretender with teams that are either undefeated or teams that are three and O that were not teams that were favorites going into the year. So we're not putting the bucks in there and Tom Brady. We're not going to talk about the chiefs or the bills. They were prohibited favorites to start the season, but we're going to go through and just real quick contender or pretender for each of these teams. And we'll start with Tua's dolphins there, Riley contender or pretender. Contender. They this week. I mean, it was a weird game, but they convinced me. Contender. All right, we'll get us some some applause there, Ben. Mike, you're you're muted, bro. Contender. Contender. They're Ooh. a contender. They definitely have the things to to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm I'm going contender as well. I just. Be, be careful. I'm I'm cautiously contender with with the Dolphins there. All right. What about what about the Eagles? I'm going uh, pretender. I I don't know if they can keep nope. it up. I'm not not gonna. I'm not putting my trust in them. Pretender. Uh, contender. Uh, that that NFC East. Who else is going to come out of there? Come on. I mean. The Giants, come on. I mean, they got off to a little bit of a crazy start, but that, that NFC East is weak. Give me the Eagles. They're, they're the best team in that conference division, I should say. It, it, I'm going contender. Were, were they not a playoff team last year? And they upgraded the wide receiver. I mean, you've got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and that defense is really, really strong. Eagles are, are legit. I'm, I'm higher on the Eagles than I am the Dolphins at this point. All right, Cowboys, contender or pretender? Pretender. The the Cowboys Nope. They they're two and one, but they still don't have Dak. I just they don't have any receiving outside of CeeDee Lamb. It's just uh, I don't see them making making a run. I'm I'm going that exact document. or contender. They still don't have Dak. And they're they're finding ways to win football games, right? Like Dak comes back in a couple of weeks, and I think they're a legit team. No, pretender all the way. Nope. Terrible offensive line play. 
they're too too run oriented, which you're not winning football games for long in the NFL doing that. Uh, and when Dak is there, they haven't been. I mean, the Niners, like the Niners made it to a Super Bowl being a run team and should have won the Super Bowl if they didn't try to throw it in the second half. Like, yeah, but uh, no, no offense to Kellen Moore. I trust Kyle Shanahan a little bit more than, than <laughs> Kellen Moore. And I don't think the that the Cowboys defense is going to be able to hold up all season the way that they have. Jaguars. Now, this is a surprising team. Contender, pretender. Ben, go ahead. Uh, they are pretenders. Um, nope. I think that, I mean, you know, I, it's exciting to see them take that next step. The AFC South is terrible, but I just don't see them having enough to actually be actual contenders and to win a playoff game even. They may make the playoffs because that division is terrible, but they're, they're pretenders. Yeah, I'm, I'm going pretenders. They can't keep this up much longer. Nope. Um, I mean, it's cool. It's good to see that, you know, they're rolling and, and they're taking advantage of a good quarterback and getting something out of him, but they're not going to be able to keep that up. Contender. We've got a former number one overall pick. We're in the worst division in football by far. Former Super Bowl winning coach that remember when he coached Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz was almost an MVP. All right. I, the Jaguars, this is their year at the beginning, after three games last year, what would we have said about the Bengals? Right. I'm just saying Jacksonville, nothing good comes out of Jacksonville, but maybe this year we have the Jaguars that might be able to do something, might be able to do something. If if they're still afloat tomorrow. Yeah. If you've ever watched The Good Place, Jason from The Good Place, he's he is celebrating right now. He's Jaguars, Jacksonville, all the way. All right. Vikings. The fighting Kirk Stafford's over there. Contender, pretender, Riley? I'm going to say contender. The Vikings always find a way to be contenders. They're just that gritty, like, Midwestern-style team. It's just it is what they is. So I think they're going to they're gonna contend. I think that they're pretenders, and I think that the number one nope. reason for that is not Kirk Stafford, but Kirk Cousins, Cousins who's their quarterback, Cousins. who is not good enough to actually lead them to that. Dalvin Cook keeps getting injured, and it keeps getting worse and worse with that shoulder. Every year, it's two or three games, and it's just they're pretenders. They don't got defense. Justin Jefferson looks terrible. Pretenders. There's too many good teams in the AFC North. Or NFC North. Justin Jefferson had one bad week. One bad week. I'm going contender. All right. And here's why I'm going with this. All right. And I'm going to, I'll explain in just a second. All right. Next team on the list here, the Packers also in the NFC North contender or pretender contender. And one more reason, the complete opposite of the Vikings. They got a guy named Aaron Rodgers who is about the opposite of Kirk Cousins that they give. Good. Contender. I got to go contender, mostly because I picked them to make it to the Super Bowl in our (laughs) preseason predictions. I mean, I got a little nervous week one, I'm not going to lie, but I still think think they're, they're working it out. They're a great team still. Pretender. Nope. Now, this doesn't mean that they won't make the playoffs. I think that they're going to have a great regular season, but this is the opposite of the Vikings, right? 
what happened to them over the offseason? They lost most of their weapons. Aaron Rodgers is playing with a bunch of rookies, and he's at the stage of his career where he's old, he's cranky, he doesn't want to make adjustments and work with anybody. And Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson, with Adam Thielen, with he has weapons all over the place. They've got a really good defense. I think that Minnesota has a better overall roster. Cousins is not nearly as good a quarterback as Rodgers, but I don't think that like, Rodgers is not they, – they might make it to the playoffs. I don't think they win a playoff game. But I could see the Vikings being a dark horse to make it to the Super Bowl this year coming out of the NFC. Well, yeah, I – that was kind of fun. But if, if we're looking at this, then kind of the opposite of this contenders, like some teams that are doing well, we also have some teams that all made the playoffs last year that have just not looked good so far early on in the year. And so if we're looking at these teams right now, like which of these teams, like if you were to rate the panic meter from zero, like there's no panic at all to 10, like we should be freaking out. Everybody should be panicked for each of these teams. Like, where would you be on your panic meter for? Let, let's start off with you guys are in Nevada. So we'll start with the hometown team with the Raiders starting the season 0 and 3. What's the panic meter right now in Las Vegas? I think the panic meter there has got to be hovering between 8 and 9. We're looking like it's kind of bouncing at the 8 9 thing. It's, it's got to be high. Mostly because not that they're bad. Like there's a good chance that this team could be two and one right now. Very, 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 very high chance that they could be two and one, but they're not. And that's a tough division to now climb out of said deep hole. You know, they're already two games back in the division. It's not going to be easy to climb out of that. And they have to still play Kansas city twice and Denver who may be better or not. It's hard to tell. You know, I mean, Denver's up and down. I think uh, that thing's hovering between eight and nine. I was going to say a nine. I don't think the Raiders are as good as they looked last year because they won some games that could have gone either way, like some crazy endings. I don't know if you watched many of those games last year. Like they won a couple of overtime games that were like the craziest fluke plays at the end that they went on. And like, I just think that, like Ben said, they, they're a couple of small breaks away from being two and one, but that was the same as last year. They, they won those games and this year it seems like they're not getting the edge on those games. So I'm going to say that their panic meter needs to be pretty high. They're, they're not finding ways to win those tight battles, which is what they did last year to keep them in it. Yeah. I'm saying I'm, I'm with Ben. It's about like seven or eight. I think there's still a lot of time left in the year they've been in every single game that they've played. They still have a good quarterback. They have a good, they have a good roster. That division is just extremely difficult. And I just wonder about Josh McDaniels as a head coach, figuring out how to win games. Like he just has, you know, the last time around, like he really struggled to just figure out how to win games unless Tim Tebow was his quarterback. Right. Like other than that, like, He's really struggled through some of that. I just, I worry about what's happened. You know, if I were a Raiders fan, I wouldn't be pressing the panic button, but my hand would be hovering over it at this point. Maybe they'll just send him back to New England again to be an OC so we can win again. That's what they do every time he fails as a head coach. He wins. You don't like like OC by 
by uh you know committee over there you don't want to <laughs> OC let's let's bring in a bunch of defensive coordinators and just let them, you know, figure out. OC how to by offense. computer program. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what about the number one overall seed from the AFC last year, the Tennessee Titans? Where's the panic meter there? Uh, it's probably about a f- five. You know, they got to win. I don't think they're as good as they were last year, but that division's pretty weak, as we talked about. Like, it, it's not. It's not looking good down there in the AFC South with those teams and the Colts and although they just beat the Chiefs, but I think that they still have a chance. They got a dub against the Raiders. They're right there. It's got to be a little bit lower. Like they still have the talent. They still got Derrick Henry. He's still bowling over people and running down and just like a human wrecking ball. Like it's still there. I think that it's got to be more like a five-ish. Yeah, I was going to say like a four. I think that Tennessee's still a good team. They're still going to wear teams down at the end of the season. They're, they're going to be the same team they were, and they're just going to keep building and they're going to, they're going to go win games. Um, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, I think, and they're going to be okay. I don't think they need to be panicking too hard right now. I'm going to like nine, right? Wow. Here's the reason why, like their window is closed. Tannehill looks terrible, right? And he said, like, mentally, I think Tannehill's a little bit broken. Like, he talked about in the offseason how difficult that loss to the Bengals was in the playoffs last year and how hard it was for him to get over it. And you look at what he's doing this year without A.J. Brown, like, he's really, really struggling. And, again, the Jaguars are for real, right? So the AFC South is not a given. All right. Yeah, without without Hollywood Brown, that's a – it's a different team. I agree with you. That's a big loss. Right. I I just think that they're super they they thought of themselves as a Super Bowl team and I think their Super Bowl window closed. And I don't think that Malik Moore is the answer at quarterback. Um Malik Moore. Whoever Malik Willis is the answer at quarterback that they drafted this last year, but Tannehill's not it. They're going to have to move on. They're about to go into rebuilding. If I were a Titans fan, I think the panic meter is pretty high because I don't see them recovering. They may make the playoffs, but they're not, they're not a Super Bowl team. And I think that it's time for them to start to blow it up and rebuild. What about the Bengals start the season? Oh, and two, they got to win this last week. What's the panic meter? They were in the Super Bowl last year. How, where are we panicking right now? I think the panic meter tends to go high because they're in the Super Bowl last year. I'm going to place it probably at like a six, maybe six to seven. I think that they're, they're in trouble and they need to figure some stuff out, but I think they're going to be okay. And I think look at the Bengals, the way they started last year. Like I think they're a team that can get hot at the right time and be okay. That being said, they kind of have to worry about panicking a little bit. That's why we're at like a six to a seven because if they don't get hot, all of a sudden it's a tough year for a Bengals fan. So, and you're trying to repeat to the playoffs after the Super Bowl, which is tough, and you're already not starting very strong. So, I'd say six to seven. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of go complete opposite. I'm gonna go with a two. I think that the Bengals don't need to panic. Really, I don't think the Browns can continue. I don't think that Pittsburgh's as good as they've looked. They're not bad, but they're not looking great. They haven't played a lot of tough teams. Baltimore looks for real, and that's going to be hard in that division. But other than that, they got the talent. 
there's maybe a little bit of a hangover there, but I, but I wouldn't panic yet. They got they got too much talent and too good. I think that this weekend gives them a good true test uh, going up against Miami tomorrow night, and I think that we'll kind of get to see, but or tonight when you guys listen to this. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't panic if I was a Bengals fan yet. I'm down to like a two. I'm not worried about it yet. Yeah, Riley, you said like a six, but like from your description, I was hearing like very low panic of of what's going on. I'm at like a one here. Right. Like Joe Burrow had an appendectomy. He didn't really play in the in the preseason. I think those first two games were essentially preseason games. You know, they like last year they didn't start very well, and I don't think the NF the AFC North. I think the Browns aren't going to be able to keep it up. The Steelers aren't very good. And plus, they're not going to beat the Ravens. The Ravens are winning the Super Bowl. I already predicted that at the beginning of this, you know, the season, right? Would you guys laugh at me? So for? that means it's gonna, yeah. But they look good. You're not wrong. But uh, I, I, I think that the, the Bengals are going to be fine. They're going to make it to the. They're going to make the playoffs. And yeah, I, I think at this point the Bengals are fine. But then we have a couple of two and one teams that it's like they're two and one. What well, they. They're just not good teams, but they've somehow won two games of these three teams. Like which team is the worst two and one team so far this year? You've got the bears, the giants, or the Broncos. Like which of those three teams is the worst two and one team. I'm going to have to go with the giants because I don't really still understand how they are almost three. and zero. let's be honest. They, they almost beat the Cowboys, but I still don't get it. Like, at least with the Bears, like, they have some talent, right? Like, they got David Montgomery. They got Justin Fields. Like, they have some talent. They have a decent defense. The Broncos have Russell Wilson. They spent a lot of money on Russell Wilson and got some talent. Like, actually, you would hope that they would be better than they've looked, even though they're 2-1. and one. You know, I don't know how you win a game with 11 points, but whatever. And, a, you know, and you only win because – you know, a quarterback had to play Dan Orlovsky and run out the back of the end zone. But uh, the Giants, like, I just don't see I, – I could still see the Giants going 2-15. and 15. They could lose the next 14 games the rest of the regular season. Like, I don't understand how they're – where they're at right now. It's crazy to me. Giants, worst. Yeah. I want to go Giants, but I also want to go Bears. I do not believe in the Bears. Like – And maybe that's partially because Justin Fields as a quarterback on my fantasy team has given me nothing and I'm just bitter towards him. Um, But they, I just can't, I I can't believe in either of those two teams. It's just about which one, like, I feel like I can't believe in more, right? Like a little less, I guess. I don't know how to say that, but I I'm going to go with bears. I just feel like they are not a good team and I can't fathom how they're winning these games. Okay. The Bears is by far the worst team. Let me let me wow. just read the passing yardage from Justin Fields for the first three games of the of the year against the 49ers. You, you don't have to tell me. I know I've been following. It was a monsoon, <laughs> right? But 121 yards week one, 70 yards against the Packers, 106 yards against the Texans. His two Texans. The Texans are terrible too, by the way. They're brutal. So. Out of his first three games, he has 297 yards, not average total across three games that he started, which is the lowest number of passing yards since the 70s 
for a quarterback that started three straight games. I'm sorry, you cannot be like a decent football team and pass for less than 300 yards in three straight games. Like that's just, that is crazy. That is crazy. The bears are by, there's no way they should be two and one. This is ridiculous. How is this happening? How is it possible that he played in a monsoon, an absolute wet, water pool of a swimming pool of a game and that's the game he has the most passing yards in out of the three the one that had the absolute it was like basically a hurricane and he that's the one he's got the most that's that's where as my fantasy quarterback i was like hey maybe after that game like he'll maybe go through like he in a monsoon that wasn't terrible but like no it got worse after that and that's yeah 297 yards three games Man, that's ridiculous. That's, I mean, if you can't throw for 300 yards in today's NFL, you're not a good quarterback. If it takes, if you can't do that in three games, like, I'm sorry. Like, you're just, well, that that's was, bad scheme, bad when coaching. You, when you said the 70s, I was like, oh, you mean when they ran the football every play? Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, before they, they threw the ball. Before they yeah. realized, hey, you can throw this thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's I don't know. I I have to say the Bears. I actually think the Broncos haven't looked good, but don't sleep on the Broncos just yet. Like they're figuring things out. They're figuring out how to win games. <clears throat> and they very well could be undefeated. I'm just saying give the Broncos a little bit of time. They're not out of it in in the AFC West. The AFC West is interesting. And if I was in the AFC West, you know who I would be freaking out? The panic meter would be super high. Is the Ben's Chargers? pick for the Super Bowl? Those Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers. You're not wrong. Like, that's who I would be freaking out about. That panic meter needs to be a little high. Yeah, there was one team on the panic meter I forgot to talk about. We kind of <clears throat> brought this up when we were talking about the Broncos. You're thinking about old Jimmy G stepping out of the end zone. There, the 49ers have not looked good. Right, we went with Trey Lance. He's out for the year. Like if you're thinking about the 49ers, like how high is the panic meter right now at one and two? It's still not that high. It's got to be about a five. Jimmy G's not going to be an all-star, amazing Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, but he's better than that. Yeah, Denver does. That was a tough game. Guys have tough games. The Chiefs got rolled. The Chiefs lost to the friggin' Indianapolis Colts, who are terrible. Like. Let's calm down. It's still the NFL. I, I'm not too worried about the about the 49ers. Not to mention that division. The Rams don't look near as good as they used to look. The Seahawks look better than anybody could have ever thought they looked because all of a sudden, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gino. Gino Smith, who's like, hey, what, what, what was the quote that Gino Smith said? Uh Everybody counted me out, but I don't count or so. I don't remember. It was a great quote, but uh, it wrote me off. But luckily, I don't write or something. I don't read or something. I don't know. Something like that it was great. I didn't write back. I don't remember. But yeah. I, I think that the lead, that, lead that was writers, great. Thanks for thanks for yeah, adding. Sorry, very, I was very great insight, man. <laughs> our listeners, right? Up. Our listeners are like, man, this podcast is going down the <laughs> toilet, guys. <laughs> Anyways, the Niners. It's low, like a four or five. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put the panic meter very high. I think the 49ers are still a good team. As high as I was on 
on my boy Trey Lance, and I was very sad to see him go down. I do have to like Jimmy Jesus, a serviceable quarterback, but you do have to put up with his stuff. Like I don't know what it is about him, but it always has the stupid things like stepping out the back of the end zone or like throwing balls that aren't even close to anybody in big situation. Like you deal with that stuff with Jimmy Garoppolo. And so I, I think, but he's still going to fit them. Okay. And he's going to do all right for what they need. And I think they can still be a contender even like that. That wasn't a season breaker. And so I don't think I would be panicking very bad. I'd, hey, if you hadn't three, stepped three out or four. The, if you hadn't stepped out back at the end zone, it would have been a pick six. So really, it was a blessing <laughs> that he did that. True, <laughs> true. But that just capitalizes on like even more like bad. Uh, yeah, I, I like, get what you're saying. Yeah i I think it's pretty low. Before I say this though, can we stop comparing him to Dan Orlovsky? Yes, he stepped out the back of the end zone. But if you've seen that Orlovsky video, he's like running like ten yards, like three yards in the end zone. Yeah, but but he also had Jared Allen. He had Jared Allen chasing him. Like you'd run too if you had that guy chasing you. But like this, there's no comparison. Orlovsky's is still is like out of like way different level. Oh, by the way. Still not the most embarrassing play of the weekend. The the butt punt definitely <laughs> worse. <laughs> like you cannot kick the ball into your teammates' butt and like think that. Did you like see? That's uh, worse than separate out of the back. In all, in all, we in one weekend. You know, we both we both tried to trump Dan Orlovsky running out the back of the end zone and Mark Sanchez with the butt fumble. Mark Sanchez is like, <laughs> hey, leave that alone. That's my game. Step off. Like that's what he tweeted. Something. Um, you, butt punt is worse than butt fumble. Did like, you I'm, see? I'm gonna say. Did you see uh, what was his name? The guy that that got the football to the butt. He just tweets out, "I got a big W tatted on my cheeks now." <laughs> it was kind of his fault. He backed. I mean, the, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's gotta hurt though, too. Oh Ooh. my gosh! Did you Ooh. see the? Did you see the still shot picture where it's like it's gone. making a wave in his <laughs> cheeks? It's like... The ball like disappeared. It went like this. It's like, oh man, you know that yeah. hurt. I mean, we got to protect the football, but that was a little too much coverage there, you know. Like, I mean, yeah, uh, I think the the Niners are going to be fine. I I think it's more a little bit higher than some of these other ones. I'm more like a five or a six. Garoppolo has been through a lot, right? Like, you don't talk for two years about replacing the guy, trading him, drafting your his replacement. Then in the off season, like, we're not even going to give you the playbook like all of this and then be like, Oh, actually, yeah. Just come back in. Like, yeah, sure. Take a pay cut, like figure it out. Get back all in though. I emotionally that's got to drain you a little bit. I think that it's going to be hard. I get mentally for Garoppolo to get right. I think that's a lot. There's a lot there. 49ers might be in trouble. Someone might've picked them to go to the super bowl. That might be backfiring. Um, if we're talking Thursday night football, though, Amazon Prime game, Thursday night, Bengals, Dolphins, who you got? I'm, I'm going Dolphins. I think that their offense is explosive. I think they've just got some momentum and they're going to ride with it. And so I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Uh, so I'm going to straight up, I'm going to go with the Bengals and then it's Bengals minus three and a half. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the points and take the over on 47 and a half. So that's it. There you go. Bengals. 
Yeah, going with the betting lines and everything. Uh, Bengals for fun, you know, whatever. uh, I've got Bengals. Bengals big. I think Bengals roll. Dolphins came off of an emotional win, playing in on a short week after giving up 500 yards to the Bills, playing in that heat, having to go to Cincinnati. I think that there's a letdown. I think I think the Bengals win and cover easily. I think the Bengals win big tomorrow night. All right, let's transition over to, to college football real quick before we, before we take off. One thing to keep an eye on, the Big 12 this year, every single team in the Big 12 is 500 or better, right? And we've got Kansas undefeated. That They're not in the top 25 as a travesty, by the way. Like, they've played the sixth toughest schedule this year. They have a top 25 win. They're not in the top 25. AP voters don't know what they're doing. But if we're looking at it, if you're a random SEC team, though, like we're, you know, we're going to put them in the top 10 if they're, if we're doing okay. If you're looking at this, who's the better conference right now, the Big 10, Big 12 or the SEC? Um, I'm still going to go with the SEC. I think there's a lot of power in the SEC. The best team in college football is in the SEC arguably probably the second best team in college football still until you take it away from them. They still are um, in Alabama is in the sec. Like there's a lot of power there. Is there some teams that aren't amazing? Yeah. But I think there's still a lot of great teams in that conference that you just, there's so much power in there. I just still think that's, there's a lot of great football teams in there. It's hard to say that the big 12 is better than them at this point. I'm going to agree top to bottom. I think it's still the sec. First of all, the top's better. And then the bottom's better. You know, I mean, I think that you got obviously one and two Georgia, Alabama, you still have the top two teams in college football are in the sec and they haven't been proven. Otherwise you still have the middle level. I mean, their middle level is high. And even at the bottom more level, like, I mean, we still got Arkansas teams. We're not talking about like, I'm interested to see how they do against Alabama this week, but that's better than, than a lot of your middle level big 12 teams. They're not at that same level, you know, and then the bottom level with TCUs and I mean, come on, like Texas tech, like I'm sorry, SEC is the better conference. And, And I don't know that it's really close right now yet. The top, the bottom of that conference of the SEC, though, Vanderbilt, Missouri, I don't know. Like, there's teams that haven't looked very good in a while. The SEC is probably better, but I think that the Big 12 is close. Like, there are not any easy games in that conference right now. Like, TCU, that's a tough team. Texas Tech, the, like, it's tough to win there. And this is a Big 12 homer as like both the Texas fan and BYU joining the Big 12. But I'm going to go Big 12. Let's do it. It's it's better better conference right now, top to bottom. I think the top's better at the SEC. But I think throughout, give the Big 12 some props. They've got some good teams this year. They may be the I'm third saying, best conference. I'm sorry. Like Big 10 might well, be. Who you put? Big 10 might be better than the Big 12 still. You think so? Yeah. Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, I don't even know who's coming out of the Big 12. And none of the Big 12 teams are going to compete even for a playoff spot at this point. Like, who are you going to give it to? Baylor? Oklahoma? Texas? Like, none of those guys are going to be competing for for a playoff spot. Like, at the top level, the Big 12 just doesn't have the same level 
that, that the Big Ten or the SEC does. Like, it's just the truth. And it's just the fact of the matter is, like, they're not as good. Sorry. Uh, oh, Oklahoma State could. I mean, if they'd have to go undefeated, but <clears throat> yeah. But if we're, if we're thinking about them, like, comparisons here, I know Boise State fans over here just fire their offensive coordinator. But if you had to look at it, who has a worse offense so far this year, Boise state or Iowa. I'm going to go with Iowa, but that may be a little bit of a home pick, but Iowa's <laughs> offense is terrible. I mean, they put up what, what was it? Seven points against James Madison or something. I don't even remember early in the year, South Dakota state, something, it was dumb. Boise state's offense has been terrible. The Hank Bachmeyer era is over. He put in the transfer portal. It's been bad. The one thing I'll say about Boise State is how many other colleges could like, you know, fire the OC mid year. And then you go and you pick up a guy that was not, that was spent like 12 years as an OC in the NFL and was an NFL head coach for like five years. And you're like, Hey, come on over here and be the OC. Like, that's pretty cool. Like not a lot of teams can do that. So bring on the dirt cutter era again, circa 1999, 2000. Muted. I'm also going to have to choose Iowa. I think that, like like Ben said, you put up seven points against South Dakota State. Like, so, I know that that's because like they're like an old rival, but South Dakota State's not that good of a team coming out of the FCS. And they looked. And remember, two of those them. were safeties, right? And two of those <laughs> they didn't were even safeties. score a touchdown. That Correct. Game. Yeah. So like. Like that shows like how not good of an opponent you were playing and you still couldn't like score a touchdown. You couldn't do anything. So, I mean, it's gotta be Iowa Boise state's offense. There's some potential there. I think that the quarterback play was just not good. Like watching that Oregon state game quarterback play was bad. Offensive line struggled, but quarterback play hurt a lot in that Oregon state game to open the season. And then it just never got better. So I think maybe you get something in there for Bachmeyer and maybe find some momentum somewhere. You can still have a decent offense for you. Yeah. Kate Finnegan transferring to BYU might've been a big loss for Boise state because the quarterback room is not looking very good for them. I don't think there's an, there's an offense worse in the league than in all. Of, I mean, Country. I don't think there's an offense worse in high, high school football than Iowa, <laughs> you know, I mean, all of football other than the Patriots, but you know, like there's, there's just, there's, <laughs> Ooh, bang, bang, bang. bang, bang. Um, but yeah, like I think Iowa is definitely worse. And, you know, they're playing Michigan, which I think like upset alert, you know, something might happen there. But if you're looking at the, the slate this weekend, if you were to predict an upset, who who do you got? Like, who do you think? You know, upsets are hard to predict in college football. Anything can happen. But if you had to pick an upset, who are you taking? Um, I'm going to speak on on two of them. My non super bold upset. I mean, it's kind of bold, but it's a ten versus a five. NC State over Clemson. I think I think Clemson might get a little exposed this weekend, and I'd love to see NC State come in and and take it away from them. That top ten AC ACC uh, matchup. I think that there's potential there for them to get dropped. My probably bolder one is going to be UCLA over Washington. I think that 
Um, I mean, it's probably not that bold because the spread's not huge, but UCLA is going to come in. And I think, I think that they're a better team um, maybe than they've looked. And I think that Washington is getting a lot of push just because they're one of the better teams in the Pac-12. But I think that UCLA is going to come in and upset them. I mean, UCLA's at home. They're going to well, have like 12 Washington's, fans. Washington's going to come into UCLA. At the Rose yeah. Bowl. Yeah. Well, there's, going be, there's going to be dozens of people in the Rose Bowl there. Tens and tens of viewers. <laughs> Which will make it look like there's two people there because that stadium seats like, what, 100,000 people? Like. 112 or something, right? Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with – this is hard. I don't really like any of these for this week. I, I just don't see much craziness. Uh, I would say that I would like to see Arkansas beat Alabama. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think if I had to pick one, it's probably going to be Oregon State beating Utah. It's a little hard because they're going into Rice-Eccles and Salt Lake City, so that seems a little rough. But that's probably the one that I would have to pick. Uh, Danny wouldn't let me pick Ole Miss over Kentucky. I mean, that's a 14 beating a 7. Uh, that's an upset. But Ole Miss is a 7-point favorite. Yeah, I don't they're, care. They're a touchdown We're favorite over Kentucky. We're talking rankings here like, why are we establishing rules that are crazy at this point? Like, that's an upset. Come on, give it to me. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going Arkansas over Alabama. I think that's going to happen. Alabama has not been a very good road team. Arkansas just lost to Texas A&M. I think they're going to come in a little bit motivated. And Alabama seems to lose one of these early conference games almost every year as they get things going. They almost lost to Texas. They look beatable. I That's the one that I'm picking. I'm going to go out on a limb. Arkansas beats Alabama this weekend. Uh, I do like the Oregon state over Utah pick. Now, one thing that the Utah lost their star tight end to an injury he's done for the year. And that's cam rising goes to him almost every play. Like he is the safety blanket to the point of that's why he threw that game ending pick to Florida was because he was trying to force it into that guy. Right. He's out for the year. I think Utah is susceptible. I know that they were, you know, I said that they may make the college football playoff at the beginning of the year, but I think Utah looks a little more susceptible. I don't think they're quite as strong as maybe we've, we've made them out to be And Oregon state has actually looked pretty good so far this year, but yeah, which, which game are you excited to watch though? Outside of Boise State, what do you what do you want to see? I, I do really want to watch that Arkansas Alabama game. I mean, granted, I most likely will be at work on Saturday, so that's going to be rough. I'm probably not going to get a lot of college football time in, um, but I, I do want to see or have a chance to see that Arkansas Alabama game. I think uh, another one that Oklahoma State Baylor game should be a good game. Like Danny said, he's big on the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State's kind of got to do it, but they got to beat Baylor, and it's not going to be—it's not going to be an easy game for them to do. But it should be good. Um, and then Ole Miss, Kentucky. Let's really see how good Kentucky really is. Yeah, I—I do want to watch that NC State Clemson game. Um, you know, I was—I was interested in the Ole Miss Kentucky game because you know Kentucky's rated up there; they're a top ten team, and you're like this isn't basketball season. What's Kentucky doing at number seven? And so let's see how good they are. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good ones to watch out there. I think it's going to be a good Saturday of football. 
Yeah, I mean, Thursday night, you've got Utah State, BYU playing for the wagon wheel, probably for the last time as BYU goes to the Big 12 next year. They don't really have, and quite frankly, don't really care if they schedule Utah State anymore. Um, that So this might be the last of that rivalry game. Outside of that, though, I'm with Riley. I haven't seen Clemson play at all this year, and I want to get a look at how they do against NC State. Like really for both of these teams are either of them for real, right? Like, I don't know if either of them really is that great. Um, the quarterback at Clemson, we are or however you say his name. I always get it wrong. Like he had a, he had a pretty good game uh, last week, but he's been a disappointment since taking over for, <clears throat> for Trevor Lawrence there at Clemson. So just be curious to see, are they a real playoff contender? What do they do when they face off against another top 10 opponent in NC State? Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And as always, just as a reminder, check us out. Share with your friends. Let us know if you like, if you like what we're listening to here. Let them know. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Apple Podcasts. That's where most of you find us. We're on Spotify. And check out the Facebook page. Comment. Let us know what you what you like, what you want to hear. If there's certain things we want to talk about, we'll we'll build it into the show. But thanks for listening and appreciate having you all. We out.